Hey there, Tyler. Hope you're staying dry over in Noe Valley. Yeah, with showers turning into steady rain later today, you may want to bake in some extra time on your commute home later today to make sure you make it home in time for any Valentine's Day plans. But while you're still on the way to the office, let's dive right into what's happening around you and beyond. In a special election that's caught the nation's attention, Democrat Tom Suozzi claimed victory in New York's U.S. House race. This win shrinks the Republican majority and could stir up some challenges for House Speaker Mike Johnson. And I'm Steve Onsker. Alongside Jonathan Martin, we're bringing you today's edition of The Daily Bite from PocketPod News. Meanwhile in Arizona, Waymo has hit a bit of a speed bump with their robo-taxi service after two vehicles were involved in crashes under almost identical circumstances. The company has responded with a recall of the software powering these autonomous vehicles. Moving on to health news, recent research suggests that recovering from COVID-19 might come with long-term consequences. A study indicates an increased risk of developing type 2 diabetes for those who have battled the virus. And finally, while Tesla's Cybertruck has been long awaited by fans and future owners alike, it seems to be facing some unexpected issues with its stainless steel exterior. Small orange rust-like flecks are appearing on some trucks after exposure to rain. From electric vehicles facing the elements to groundbreaking research on COVID-19's lasting effects and what's shaking up politics in New York, we're here to provide all the details you need to stay informed. This message is brought to you by PocketPod, revolutionizing the podcast experience with the power of generative AI. Say goodbye to one-size-fits-all podcasts and hello to content that listens to you, tailored to your interests, schedule, and style preferences. With PocketPod, every episode feels like it's made just for you, transforming how you experience podcasts. Ready for a personalized listening journey? Visit PocketPod.app today to join the waitlist. In a closely watched special election in New York, Democrats have secured a crucial victory. That's right. Former Congressman Tom Suozzi won the seat, narrowing the Republican majority in the House to just a few seats. This win makes it even tougher for House Speaker Mike Johnson to navigate an increasingly challenging legislative landscape. And it wasn't just about the numbers. The election turned into a battleground over immigration and border security, setting the stage for what we can expect in November's election. To dive deeper into what this means for both parties and how it could shape future political strategies, we're joined by PocketPod News national political correspondent Don Gallup. Don, how significant is this win for the Democrats and what can we look out for in the coming months? Steve, this win for the Democrats is quite significant, not just for the immediate impact it has on the numbers in the House of Representatives, but also for what it signals about voter sentiment and strategy leading up to the November elections. By narrowing the Republican majority to two cut the 19 with two 113, Tom Swatsey's victory makes it more challenging for House Speaker Mike Johnson to navigate an already complex legislative landscape. This scenario puts additional pressure on Johnson at a time when unity within his party is crucial for advancing their agenda and facing off against Democratic initiatives. That sounds like it could complicate things for the Republicans. Can you delve into how this might affect upcoming legislative challenges? Absolutely, Steve. With such a slim majority, every vote becomes critical for Speaker Mike Johnson. For instance, decisions on key issues like a Ukraine aid bill recently passed by the Senate or preventing another government shutdown next month require a cohesive front from the majority party. The failure last week to pass a measure to impeach President Joe Biden's top border official exemplifies how precarious their situation is. Every dissent within their ranks can lead to legislative setbacks. 
Interesting. Now let's talk about Tom Swatsey and his opponent, Mozzie Pilip. What can you tell us about these candidates? Tom Suwatsi's background as a former congressman who stepped down to run for governor brings a level of familiarity and political experience that likely resonated with voters in this special election. His victory over Mazi Pilip, an Ethiopian-born Republican County legislator with service in the Israeli military, underscores how diverse and varied political backgrounds are in American politics today. The district they competed for encompasses both urban and suburban areas of New York City, which presents its own set of electoral challenges and dynamics. With immigration and border security being central issues during this campaign, how did these topics play into voter decision-making? Immigration and border security are hot-button issues that mobilize voters on both sides of the aisle, Steve. In this election, both Suotsi and Pelip aim to position themselves as capable of addressing these concerns amidst national debates over policy effectiveness and humanitarian considerations. Given that turnout was expectedly low due partly to inclement weather during voting, those voters who felt strongly about immigration policies were likely more motivated to participate, highlighting how significant these issues are for engaging the electorate. And finally, looking forward to November, what implications does this election have? This special election serves as a microcosm of broader electoral trends we're likely to see leading up to November. Both parties are now scrutinizing voter responses to their messaging on immigration, border security, and other pivotal issues as they refine their strategies. For Democrats like Suwatsi, winning in traditionally competitive districts sends a hopeful signal about reclaiming or expanding control in Congress. Conversely, Republicans will analyze these results closely as they aim to solidify their hold on power amidst internal challenges. Thanks for breaking down those details so clearly, Don. My pleasure, Steve. Always good discussing these developments with you. That was PocketPod News National Political Correspondent Don Gallup. Thanks for joining us today. Autonomous vehicle technology is evolving at a breakneck pace, but with that innovation comes a slew of safety and ethical considerations. And speaking of safety, Waymo, a leader in the robo-taxi industry, recently took a significant step by voluntarily recalling the software powering its fleet. This came after two minor crashes involving the same towed pickup truck in Phoenix, Arizona. PocketPod News technology correspondent Alex Harmon joins us to dissect what this recall means for Waymo and the broader implications for the autonomous vehicle industry. Alex, how does this move by Waymo play into the larger conversation about self-driving car safety and public perception? Well, Jonathan, Waymo's decision to voluntarily recall the software in its robo-taxi fleet is significant on several fronts. Firstly, it underscores the company's commitment to safety and its willingness to act proactively in addressing potential issues. This move also demonstrates Waymo's dedication to maintaining transparent communication with the public and regulatory bodies. Given the recent scrutiny that self-driving cars have faced due to high-profile crashes and controversies, actions like these are crucial for sustaining trust in autonomous vehicle technology. Can you give us more details about what led to this recall? Absolutely. The recall was initiated following two minor crashes that occurred on December 11th in Phoenix, Arizona. 
Both incidents involved Waymo's vehicles and a backward-facing pickup truck being improperly towed. The Robotaxis incorrectly predicted the future motion of the towed vehicle due to its unusual orientation, a mismatch between the orientation of the tow truck and the pickup. This resulted in minor damage to their front-left bumpers, but raised significant questions about how autonomous vehicles interpret unexpected scenarios on the road. How did Waymo respond after these crashes? Waymo responded swiftly following these incidents. They promptly contacted local authorities and regulatory agencies, including notifying the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, NHTSA, about what had happened. After some deliberation and subsequent conversations with NHTSA staff, Waymo decided on a voluntary recall of the software powering their robotaxi fleet, a decision that reflects their proactive approach to safety. It's worth noting that by December 20th, they had developed a software fix, which was then tested, validated, and fully deployed across all robotaxis by January 12th. With all this focus on safety, how might this recall impact public perception and industry scrutiny? This incident certainly places Waymo under increased public scrutiny at a time when autonomous vehicle fleets are already facing significant challenges. From regulatory pushback in cities like Los Angeles to investigations into incidents involving other operators like crews. However, Waymo's transparent and swift response could actually bolster public confidence in how it manages safety concerns. It illustrates a readiness not only to tackle unforeseen challenges, but also to openly communicate with both regulators and the public about steps taken to ensure safety. So what does this mean for the broader autonomous vehicle industry? Jonathan, it highlights several broader industry challenges related to deploying autonomous vehicles for widespread use. Challenges such as navigating regulatory oversight, managing public perception efficiently, developing robust safety protocols, and ensuring technology can handle unpredictable road scenarios effectively. For companies like Waymo and others in this space, demonstrating a commitment to safety through actions like voluntary recalls may help mitigate some of these challenges by reinforcing trust in their technology's reliability and their accountability as operators. That was PocketPod News Technology correspondent Alex Harmon. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Jonathan. Tesla's Cybertruck, with its futuristic design and stainless steel exoskeleton, was supposed to be a game-changer in the electric vehicle market. But it seems that some owners are facing unexpected challenges. Reports have surfaced of rust marks appearing on the Cybertruck after exposure to rain, raising questions about the vehicle's durability and maintenance. Indeed, and it doesn't stop there. Tesla's own owner's manual acknowledges the risk of corrosion, offering guidance on how to maintain the truck's unique exterior. This situation has sparked a broader conversation among owners about how best to care for their Cybertrucks. From using specific cleaning products to drawing inspiration from DeLorean owners, it seems Cybertruck enthusiasts are getting creative with their solutions. To dive deeper into this issue, we're joined by PocketPod News technology analyst Katrina Shelton. Katrina, what can you tell us about these rust marks and what they mean for Tesla owners? 
Well, Jonathan, the emergence of rust marks on Tesla's Cybertruck is indeed causing a stir among owners. These small orange flecks or spots have been reported by multiple owners shortly after the vehicle's delivery started, particularly after exposure to rain. Um, This issue has raised legitimate concerns regarding the Cybertruck's durability and maintenance requirements. The appearance of these marks has led some to speculate that they may be caused by carbon dust, stray filings, or other contaminants embedded in the stainless steel exoskeleton. That sounds concerning for new owners. How has Tesla addressed this issue? Are there any guidelines for owners on how to deal with these rust marks? Tesla has indeed acknowledged the possibility of corrosion in the Cybertruck's owner's manual. It provides specific instructions for maintenance to prevent damage to the exterior, emphasizing the need for immediate removal of corrosive substances to maintain the vehicle's appearance. Uh, uh, The manual suggests cleaning methods using water and a mild non-detergent soap, um, which indicates uh, Tesla is aware of and has planned for uh, potential issues related to corrosion. With these challenges in mind, What are some ways owners are maintaining their Cybertrucks? Are there any innovative solutions being discussed? Owners have expressed concerns about maintaining the Cybertruck's unique appearance due to its susceptibility to corrosion. However, they've also been quite resourceful in finding solutions. Some have turned to products like Barkeeper's Friend and Windex for cleaning, drawing from experiences shared by DeLorean owners who faced similar issues with stainless steel exteriors. Furthermore, discussions among Cybertruck enthusiasts include um, considering vehicle wrapping as a protective measure against environmental damage. It seems like there's a significant community effort to tackle these challenges. Drawing parallels with DeLorean ownership is fascinating. How do you see this impacting Tesla and its approach to future vehicles? This situation underscores a vital aspect of pioneering new technologies and materials in automotive design. Durability and maintenance are just as crucial as innovation. Uh, For Tesla, this could mean revisiting certain design choices or materials used in future models based on feedback from Cybertruck owners. It also highlights the importance of clear communication regarding maintenance expectations and solutions for unique vehicles like the Cybertruck. Indeed, it sounds like an ongoing learning process for both Tesla and its customers. Thanks for shedding light on this issue, Katrina. My pleasure, Jonathan. Uh, It's always interesting to explore how innovation intersects with practical ownership experiences. That was PocketPod News Technology Analyst Katrina Shelton. Thanks for joining us today. And that's The Daily Bite for Thursday, February 15th, 2024. I'm Jonathan Martin. And I'm Steve Onsker. Thank you for listening, Tyler. We hope you have a good day and we will see you tomorrow. This podcast was created by PocketPod entirely with AI. If you'd like to learn more, head over to pocketpod.app.